Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Luke 12, 48, that's our base scripture for this message series. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from everyone who has been entrusted with much, much more, much more will be asked. Now we've been talking about over the last two weeks, what is demanded of you, that you stand in the truth? It's important in these days, is it not, that you stand in the truth? In the midst of most failing inside the church, it is imperative that you stand in the truth. You can say it to yourself. It is imperative that I stand in the truth, that I speak the word, I speak the truth with boldness, not sheepishly, not apologetically, with boldness. I have learned it doesn't make any difference anyway. You might as well speak it with boldness. I've tried to soft pedal before. It doesn't work. Not for what I'm looking for. It doesn't win the loss to soft soft pedal the word. It wins them to a false gospel. You need to speak the word of God with boldness. It's demanded that you operate in the truth. What I mean by that is that you manifest the truth. There should be miracles going on around you right now. There shouldn't be rampant negativity and depression. Should be power and miracles and winning the lost. All around you or you're not functioning correctly as a Christian. We've got to get out of the mindset of attending that which we are. You are the body of Christ. You don't attend it. The word of God should be manifesting all around you. You should be performing miracles. Well, that's for certain people. No, it's not. God is not a respecter of persons. You should be performing miracles and operating in power. Period. See, that's why this church never closed, never will never masked, never social distanced, nothing ever. Because we will not operate in anything that is contradictory to the word of God. We will not bow to anything. We will not bow to anything that this world has to offer. I don't care whether it's sickness, illness, disease, depression, philosophy, theology, I do not care. It's the word of God that counts. And for some of you, listen, get ready. If you're new in here, get ready. This is high offense zone. Because the Bible is preached here unfettered. It's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't care about you. But I don't care if I offend you. And I don't care if I work your nerves. And I don't care if I hurt your feelings. If it's the Bible, it's the Bible. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. Now, Lord... Look on their threats. You're going to have to vax to buy, sell, or trade. Look on their threats. Doesn't mean we have to, it doesn't mean that we have to acquiesce to that. 
Just because they're saying it doesn't mean you have to acquiesce to it. You see what's going on in Oregon right now? What's going on in Oregon is you want to buy, sell, or trade, which should wake up every Christian in this house and all others. That you want to buy, sell, or trade, you have to have proof of vaccination. Whoops! Maybe you shouldn't have closed your church. Maybe you shouldn't have a mask on. Maybe you shouldn't have social distance Christian. Because look at what the world has used it for. You give power and authority to demon acts like Kate Brown in Oregon. That's why five of her counties, five of her counties are trying to secede into Idaho. Never saw that before, have you? That's an absolute fact. It's not even that they're trying. They've already voted to do it. They want out. And what does this do to the modern church? That's why I'm telling you, leave the modern church apocalypse behind and go win new people because they're gone. They don't even, they're not even, I don't see any pastors coming up and saying, oh my Lord, we missed the boat. Look at them issuing out vaccine passports. I don't see any pastors repenting. It's because they're absolutely blind to the sword of the spirit, the word of God. They don't even know it. Look on their threats and grant to your servants, here's how we respond, that we speak the word of God with boldness. But we're also supposed to operate in the miraculous by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what was the manifestation of being filled with the Holy Spirit? They spoke the word of God with boldness. Boldness. That's how it's supposed to go. From everyone who has been given much, much is demanded. You're not allowed to be sheepish anymore. It doesn't matter where your personality ranks on the personality scale. You have to speak of the word of God with boldness. I'm an introvert. doesn't count. It's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. It doesn't count. I mean, if it's not the Bible, it does not count. Well, you know, you have to use wisdom. That's heresy and blasphemy. I don't need to filter the word of God through the mind of a man. So much is demanded, but it also says that much was given to you and much was entrusted to you. So who was given? Now, I want you to listen to two different words today, for and to. So who was given for you? From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. So who was given for you? Let's look, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. You were bought at a price. Romans chapter 6, verse 21 actually says that you're a love slave of God. Well, I have my rights. No, you don't. He's Yahweh, you're not. The best thing you can possibly do is say he's the mighty God of Israel. I'm not, I surrender all. This is not a democracy, it's a kingdom, it's a monarchy, and he's king. Therefore, honor God with your body. You were bought at a price, therefore, honor God with your body. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. 
This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live, might have life through him. Who was given for you, to buy you? Look how valuable you are. You're so valuable that God encased his son in flesh and had him die on a cross, go to hell for you, and was raised back to life. Look how valuable you are. Look at the price he was willing to pay to buy you. Well, I don't really like how you're praising this, Tom. It's not very American. Don't care. It's the Bible. First John chapter four, verse 10. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So Jesus was given for you, to buy you. So who was given to you? Everybody hear the difference now? Jesus, people get very upset with me if they're dumb about the Bible. They get very upset because I delineate between the Trinity. Jesus was encased in flesh. Jesus left. Jesus died and was raised to life. Jesus departed. Jesus chose not to be omnipresent, correct? Had a woman leave the church over that, me saying that. That's a fact. Jesus was given to buy you. It doesn't make him lesser or more than anybody else in the Trinity, but he has a specific job, and that was to buy you. So who was given to you? Jesus, exactly, Jesus was given for you. That's his ministry. His ministry is also to judge. It's not the Holy Spirit. Did I just blaspheme the Holy Spirit? No, it's not the Holy Spirit's job to judge. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's Jesus' job to judge. Please read the Bible. That's John chapter 16, 7 and 8. John chapter 5, 22 and 23. Yeah, I've got it all memorized. It's a part of who I am. Jesus was given for you, so who was given to you? It's found in the prelude to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Ready? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your body. Jesus was given for you. The Holy Spirit was given as a gift to you. That's why much is demanded of you. Look what was given for you, which opened up the door to what was given to you. Much is demanded of you. Founded in who was given to you. So what was given to you? Now I'm talking what now, not who. What was given to you through who? Through the one who was given to you. What was given to you? Through him. You hear it all the time around here. All things. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. Every spiritual blessing, Ephesians chapter one, verse three. You know that you don't, do you know everybody in here that God has called you to never ever be sick in your life? Amen. You were given all things. I believe that would include all. I think sick, I believe prevention of sickness is included in all. 
See how brilliant of, of a theologian I am? You were given all things. You were given every spiritual blessing. You were given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 16, 19, Ephesians 1, 3, Romans 8, 32, all things, every spiritual blessing, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That was what was given to you through the one who was given to you. But all those things can be summed up into one person, and that's the Holy Spirit. See, the reason why some of us sit here like a bump on a log, I told you now, I warned you that offense was coming. That your collective response to worship music is this. is <laughs> because you do not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You may have a relationship with the one who was given for you, but you don't have a relationship with the one who was given to you. The one who was given for you is not here. That's why you have a long-distance relationship. That's why you don't have intimacy with God. It's because you have a relationship with what was done for you 10 years ago when you got saved. But not with the one who's actually in the room that brings life. It is the Jesus who gives? No. It is the Spirit who gives life. It was Jesus who gave his life. It is the spirit who gives you life. If you don't understand that, that's why your Christianity is boring to you and why you're barely hanging on. It's why you can't respond to worship. It's because you're actually worshiping an event from 10, 20, 30 years ago when you got saved. There's no new life. There's no river of life. Just a monument to your salvation, and you're barely hanging on. Boy, I hope I make it to heaven. No, that's not the gift of salvation. That's just ketchup on your plate. The gift, the meat of salvation is the Holy Spirit. That's what was given to you. That's who is given to you. And that's why much is demanded of you. Being given the power of the Holy Spirit, and you close your church. Social distance, wear a mask, bathe in alcohol gel, and you are given the power of the Holy Spirit. What has, what has been given to you comes through who was given to you, and that's why much is demanded. Who was given to us is ignored by most Christians. Quiet in here. Who was given to us is ignored for who was given for us. Jesus gets everything. It's not what he wants. Jesus said it is to your advantage. In John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8, he says it is to your advantage. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. It's not what Jesus wants. Jesus does his job. Encase me in flesh. Send me to the earth as a spotless lamb. Die on the cross. So that all of us spotted lambs can be unspotted, washed in the, in the crimson blood of Jesus, right? Go to hell for us so we never have to go. Raise to life to prove and justify who we are. Ascend into heaven. Judge, return. That's Jesus' job. And he does it perfectly. 
but he's the only one that's focused on and he's not even here. He sits at the right hand of the throne of God. Read Revelation chapter three, verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Jesus is not here. The Holy Spirit is, and they're different but the same. And don't try to understand it because you never will, nor will I till we get up there and see it. Oh, so that's how it works. Okay, got it. Right now, you're not going to get it, so don't try. But who was given to us is completely ignored for the one who was given for us. And this is exemplified in two places found in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they, went, they sent Peter and John to them. So they hear that Samaria has received the word of God. So who do they send? They send the bigwigs, man. Peter and John. They send Peter and John, who, when they had come down, prayed for them. What did they pray for them? They had gotten saved. Samaritans had gotten saved. Now, what, the, what does Peter and John pray for them? When they, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Have you ever prayed that? We don't do that in the Baptist church. That's not this. John Calvin's not in here. Not in here. You ever notice that Baptist is named after who? The one who was before the Holy Spirit, John the Baptist. Whoops. Whoopsie daisy, as Chris Farley would say. I want to get that right. For as of yet, he had fallen upon none of them. So wait a minute. They had gotten saved and were focused on the one who was given for them, which is great when you get saved. But once you get saved, Jesus says, I've left, and I sent you somebody. Peter and John are telling them what? For as of yet, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only... How dare the Bible be so rude to Jesus? Oh, that's right. The Bible is Jesus. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Has that ever happened to you? If you don't speak in tongues, you're not following the Bible. Got a couple amens over here. I don't know if this side is not convinced. Paul wrote, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. It's all in 1 Corinthians. Oh, that was, you know, what it was was, you know, all those gifts and all that power was for the apostles and it died when the last one died. It's not near. Who told you to believe that? You ever ask? Study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Just because some yehu from a pulpit tells you something doesn't mean it's true. They all close their churches. They're all a bunch of cowards. The biggest names on planet Earth, they all closed. Except for Rodney Howard Brown. That's it. I don't care. <laughs> That's what happened. The person that we used to send all of our money to, my wife and I, our personal money, that we sent our money to to bless their ministry, we stopped. I'm not blessing you. It was a, it was a healing ministry. And you close? 
You raise, this, this man raised people from the dead. Fact. And then it's just like I told you last week. There's a woman who attends this church. She used to go to a church that had healing rooms. And what'd they do with COVID? You closed? You're, you have healing rooms and you close? From age zero to 50? Your, your, your survival rate of COVID is 99.997? Post-infection and you close? Well, Tom, it's death sentence once you're 70 or above. No, it's survivable 94.5% of the time. Facts. That's the truth. You shall know the truth and truth shall set you free. Where's the Holy Spirit in all these closures? Where, where is he exactly? Was, that, was he asked? Holy Spirit, do you want us to close? Holy Spirit, do you want us to acquiesce and cave to what the government tells us to do? It's because most Christians, listen, they're right here. The Holy Spirit had yet to fall upon them. And even when, even those, you're like, well, all the Pentecostal church closed too. Yeah, I know. It's because they're ignoring the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says, you know what? Be strong and courageous. You can stand in the midst of a 0.1% death rate. The Holy Spirit didn't even need to speak to anybody. Should have known that already. Two places in the book of Acts. Second one, Acts chapter 19, 1 through 6. Paul at Ephesus. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Do you, do, now who, what's he calling them? Came to some disciples. That means they're saved. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So these people are saved. They're all in for the one who was given for them. But they had yet to even discover who was given to them. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. That's a Baptist. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, I guess that's it then. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. If that has not happened to you, you're not a biblical Christian yet. Tom, what do I do? Just say, Holy Spirit, baptize me. Say it right now. You might start speaking in tongues right where you're at. Baptize me, Lord. I receive you just like they did in the book of Acts. Nothing has changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I receive you now. Aren't you, aren't you sick and tired of the mundane? Okay, there's one yes. I guess everybody else worships the mundane. Aren't you sick of it? Aren't you tired of the doldrums? Moms, aren't you tired of being a glorified chauffeur only instead of a conduit of the Holy Spirit? Dads, you're not just a worker bee. You're a conduit of the Holy Spirit. This life is supposed to be exciting and power-packed and romantic. 
not mundane, not boring, not barely hanging on, not surviving. I'm just going to hang on till. listen, you can take or leave this park because it's my opinion. (laughs) But I will tell you this. I I think that people are going to be shocked when they get to heaven. That there's going to be a lot of people with a lot more than what they have. Because you get crowns awarded to you there. That means there'll be people. It's not, listen, Yahweh is not the YMCA. You don't get a participation trophy. You either win or you don't. I think there's going to be people shocked when they get to heaven. And they say, you know what? I should have been sowing into the spirit of God. He who sow, listen, he who sows to the spirit reaps everlasting life. Does the modern church operate in power? This one does. The River Church in Tampa does. There's a few others. All the rest of them should just close. You're like, Tom, man, that's really mean. Don't care. I'll, I'll, I'm telling you right now, if you think, if, you think I'd have, if it was possible, I'd have a drone going right now and fly all around this area live, and I would just have an arrow, and i go, oh, there's the church. That one should close. That one should close. That one should close. All on the big screen, on the big screens. You think I wouldn't do that? I would. Close, close, close. I would, because they should. They should be closed. They're, pre- they're preaching heresy. The moment they close, they're preaching heresy by what they were doing, not even what they were saying. Does the modern church operate in power? And for those in your mind right now are saying, yes, you know, I believe these things, but you have to use wisdom. So you're telling me I need to filter the word of God through your thoughts and your feelings. Because that's, what's the, for- that's the formation of your wisdom because it isn't the Bible. Do they operate in power? No, it op- they operate. The modern church operates in conformity. When we're told in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, to not conform to the pattern of the world. So if the pattern of the world was to close, then your pattern should do the opposite. It operates in capitulation. It operates in people-pleasing. Look at us close. Aren't you pleased? Look at us water-down messages. I'll go pre-COVID. Let, let it, look at us water-down messages. So that we can fill our building full of people. Full of people going straight to hell. What's the point? Well, I get a career out of it. That's why you need to have a guy like me who doesn't care about careers. I don't care. (laughs) For those of you who who doubted me right, you just don't know me. I don't care. I've told you this a million times before. I'm pretty much a solitary man. Very low-maintenance person. I have my faults, and I have my failings, but I'm a very low-maintenance person. Ask my wife. I don't, I mean, basically, you feed me? That's it. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> I don't need to preach. I want to preach. Amen. I don't need it for my own personal edification. I don't need people to tell me how great I am. I don't need it. I'm by myself pretty much all week. So I'm not looking, hey, let me get around people so they can tell me how great I am. 
But that's why COVID happened. That's why, that's why we see what we see now. Three pastors arrested in Canada now. Three. For doing what? Conducting services. Not wearing a mask. Get those masks off your face. Look at us water down the messages. It reminds me of the dark night rises. When the Joker says to Batman, look at you go. Look at you go, close down and water down. Capitulate, people please, conform. Look at you go, church. Look at a social distance and contract, contact trace for you, world. For you, World Economic Forum, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Gates and Fauci, look at us as the modern church conform. Look at us ignore the precursors for the mark of the beast and give us our little pat on the head as we conform. Does the modern church operate in power? No, it operates in conformity and capitulation and cooperation when it should be standing up and leading the world. Instead, we got a, the church is relying completely on the Budweiser guzzling, four-story high, four-truck four driving, rednecks who are conservative that are standing up instead of the church. I feel closer to them than I do abundant this and close to that churches. I'm closer to those guys. At least they have a spine. At least in, in, in a backwards sort of way, they operate in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Stand firm then. Stand firm then. And do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I'm not saying they're going to heaven. Most of the Republican Party's not going to heaven either. And I'm one of them. Tom, you shouldn't preach politics from the pulpit. I don't care. I don't care what your rules are. Is that in here? I don't see that in here. Which, which book's that in? Don't preach politics from the pulpit. I don't see it. That's just some man-made rule. So, you can, so that they can fill their church full of unoffended people. If you belong to the Democratic Party, you're not saved. Amen. It's as simple as that. I'm not saying you're saved if you're a Republican either. I'm saying for certain, if you sign your name on the dotted line on the Democratic Party platform, which is partial birth abortion, abortion before, during, and after birth, gay marriage, transhumanism, transgenderism, you're not a, you're not a Christian. You should have repented of that stuff. I know, I know that's not what abundant this and coast that tells you. God's bigger than all that. No, he's not. He chose not to be. He chose to encase himself in flesh and die so that you would have to repent of those things. The modern church does not operate in power. Why? Because it ignores who was given to them. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Jesus has come up. Nope. Nope. Sorry, offended lady who left the church. 
That's not Jesus' job. How's Jesus going to come upon you? Jump on your back like a spider monkey? (laughs) With cymbals? Clank, 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 like Toy Story. No, it's the Holy Spirit's job. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's why you pray right now. Holy Spirit, come upon me. Even if you've already been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've been benign and innocuous for a long time, living in the midst of the doldrums, which is a windless sea, pray it again. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you shall, I put the then in there, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When the Holy Spirit's come upon you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Well, there he is. Well, no, thank you. If he, if, if, you know what? If I listen to the Holy Spirit, that means my kids may not play every sport and, and play every instrument there is. I'm not going to be able to fill every last waking moment of my life with carnal pursuits. That's correct. I'm really into all my hobbies and all the things that I do. You're not God. You are bought with a price, love slave. It's not up to you to fill your calendar. How many of you are willing to lay it down? Are you? You willing to lay it down and say, Lord, here's my life, here's my job. Here's my job, here's my career, you fill it. A lot of us, we've been in control way too long. And you think that it's the path of happiness. It's the path of your own personal, emotional, and mental destruction to live like that. It's not how you're designed. You're designed to be in partnership with the Holy Spirit, not you being Lord. You're welcome for the one cough in the front row by Dan. Thank you. At least I had some noise. At least there was some noise after that. A lot of you listeners, I'm looking at faces, a lot of you, your faces right now, it's like, I ain't giving up my lordship. Told you, this is a different kind of church. Not many pastors read your faces and respond to them. I do. You don't think I'm looking at you. I'm looking. I check how you worship everything. Well, I don't really like a pastor who judges me. Don't care. You're fine. Go ahead. Go to Pastor Skip Verses. Go to that guy. Go ahead. Enjoy it. Enjoy hell on earth. Enjoy, enjoy your enabling Bible studies. This is our depression Bible study. This is our bipolar Bible study. Oh, you're bipolar? I'm bipolar too. Let's hug. What's that going to do? What's the point? Why don't you try the Bible that God's given you? Power and love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. You don't have to be bipolar. Bipolar just means that you're a baby. You can't control your emotions. You're not taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. That's not nice, Tom. That's not what the medical community, oh, the medical community that's unsaved? Those are the ones you receive your dictates from? Church is powerless today. Because it only focuses on who was given for them, not to them. And even the for them part is questionable. 
The modern church is the church at Sardis. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. At least some of them are hanging on to who was given for them. Some, but not really. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. How are they ready to die? Have you watched any of these churches? Watch them. Seriously. Listen, everything's on social media. It's everything basically is a giant DVR. Go watch them for 10 minutes, and you'll see. How many people in here are filled with the Holy Spirit? Shout amen. amen. Okay, I'm telling you right now, you watch those services, and you'll know in your spirit there is no life there. You'll know it. You'll know it. I'm telling you. doesn't matter how many strobe lights they've got going. doesn't matter. You'll know there's no life there. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works. Oh, there's that workspace gospel. No, that's the Bible. That's all Calvinism. That's all lies to keep people in the building. We're not focused on works here. We're not, we're not sin conscious. We're grace conscious. That's not the Bible. Whenever you hear quotes like it takes the village, if mama ain't happy, the whole house ain't happy. We're not sin conscious. We're grace conscious. That preach that are preached regularly from the pulpit. Just know in your spirit, say, maybe even say out loud, that's garbage. That's minutia. Remember, therefore, verse 3, how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. I haven't seen that in the modern church. That's because the modern church is Sardis. In the midst of vaccine passports everywhere. Nothing. No connection to Revelation 13, 16 through 18. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Where are you at, pastors? Listen, I love Israel, and of course, I'm on Israel's side over Hamas. But I will tell you this, Israel's green carded up. They are completely vaccine passported right now. So is Denmark, so is China, so is New York, and so is Canada on the verge in Canada. Give them their QR codes, getting ready to hand out their QR codes. It's absolute fact. And where's the church in Canada? Three pastors arrested, should be 500. They wouldn't be able to arrest them all if Canada stood. There's enough of us crazy people in America. See, that's, listen, Canada's been long gone for a long time. America's heading down the exact same trail. If we're any better, we're slightly better. There's a few more alive churches here than there is in Canada. It just breaks my heart to see it. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. That should sound familiar. When you're seeing the mark of the beast and the precursors of the mark of the beast being unfolded before your very eyes, I will come upon you as a thief. For those of us in this room, it would not surprise any of us. You're sitting there going, something stinks. You know, in Florida, you can't ever drive for more than a month and not smell a skunk. You know, you're driving down Winchester. Oh, man, someone ran over a skunk. You can't miss it. 
How is the church missing that stench? Because they're blind. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown told me, I told you this before, he's urging me to have compassion. That's hard for me. He goes, listen, bro, bro, you need to know they don't know. I'm like, how could they not know? They don't know. He was in a conversation, he, I mean, with some of the biggest names in Christianity in a, in a hotel lobby. They're all masked. No, this wasn't very long ago. This was the end of last year. So 10 months into 14 days to flatten the curve, these Christian leaders who've written many, many novel, novels, their churches number in the tens of thousands, sitting in a, sitting in a hotel lobby, Masked. They don't know, he said. One of them came up to him, a name every person in this room knows, came up to him and said, you know what I'm starting to think? There's more to this than just the virus. You know, no kidding. I mean, come on, dude. I put, come on, man. You're a theologian. You spent all your years in Bible college. You pastor a church of 30,000. I push a police car around for 25 years in a day, and I pastored at that time a church of 200, and I knew. That's just being available to the Holy Spirit. Amen. The church does not stand in the word, which is the sword of the Spirit. Listen to Revelation chapter 1, verse 16. He had in his right hand seven stars, that's Jesus, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any? Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. That should be your gospel. A sharp two-edged sword. Yeah, but Tom, if you preach the Bible, it'll hurt people's feelings. It doesn't matter. It's not your job to unoffend, to avoid offense. It's also not your job to offend. You preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reproving, rebuking, exhorting with all long suffering and doctrine. That's what's demanded of you. It won't be a problem if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, I've told you this before, I'll tell you again. A lot of people think the Old Testament is harder than the New. No, it's not. The Old Testament was that God was boxed himself in the tabernacle behind a massive curtain. That was, that was dating God at best. The new covenant is being married to God. He lives on the inside of you, almost like the two have become one flesh, right? And for those of you who don't know, dating is easier than being married. You're having a bad day while you're dating. What'd you do? You go home. When you're married, you are home. It's not easier. The Holy Spirit is on you with a quick, powerful two edged sword that pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of your own thoughts and intents. That's not how it was back in the old covenant. 
I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way, but there's times where I'm like, Holy Spirit, you're bothering me. I want to be carnal right now. The Holy Spirit, every time I I start to pout, he's on me. Now what are you going to do? That's what he says over and over again. Can't go home. We're not dating. We're married. Now what are you going to do? Well, I'm pouting right now. Yeah, great. What are you going to do now? That's not doing anything. So what are you going to do? It drives me crazy. I want to have, I, I used to enjoy my melancholy days. Driving around a police car all by myself, listening to sad songs. I hate all Christians. I'm quitting the church. Never pastoring again. He doesn't let me get away with that anymore. He's like, no. Now what are you going to do? What's the next step? You ready to repent now? 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 (laughs) Christians don't stand in the word. The churches don't stand in the word. If they did, they'd be standing in power, not cooperating with anti-faith weakness. People think weakness is meekness. It is not. Weakness is weakness. The church is being destroyed for lack of knowledge and the rejection of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6. And perishing for lack of vision. Proverbs 29, 18. Because it ignores who was given to them. And it gives their full attention to the experts. You're given the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is that guy who was in the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies behind the curtain that they had to tie a rope onto the priest's belt when they went in there to give the sacrifice. Why? Because if it, doesn't, it wasn't done right, they had to have somebody, had to have an ability to drag his body out so he wouldn't sit in there and rot. That's who's on the inside of you. Wow. It's a big deal. You're like, well, you know, I've lived this life very calm, Enabling Bible study Christian life for a long time now. It's, you know, Tom, it's very, it's very comforting. It's not the Bible, though. Is it quick? Is it powerful? Is it sharp? Is it life-changing? These who have turned the world upside down, Acts 17, 6, is it that sort of life? If it's not, you've got, the wrong, you've got the wrong Christianity. You've got one that was formed by somebody else and not the Bible. So they ignore the one who is given to them and they focus their attention on the experts. Listen, I love doctors and nurses, but my goal in life is to never ever need them. Is it yours? For the most part, that's how I've lived. Do you ever think about unsaved experts? Think about it. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. Now, this, I want you to think of this whenever you see the garden gnome out there on MSNBC, Anthony Fauci. <laughs> you need to think of this whenever you see anybody who's spouting off at the mouth about their expertise. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. And you think there are This is is why you see the galactic contradictions of the experts. You see the the galactic contradictions of the COVID tyrants. Wear a mask, save lives. I'll do anything to save a life. 
when they advocate the butchering of the unborn to 60 million a year worldwide. How are you saving a life? See, because the heart is deceitful above all things. They have other motives. I can't tell you every last one of their motives. I can tell you a few. Their motives are to usher in a new world order. I've been saying it. They're all saying it out loud now. This has given us the opportunity of a lifetime that's quickly fading, as Prince Charles said at the World Economic Forum. COVID is giving us the opportunity of a lifetime to do a great reset, says Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada. Joe Biden, build back better. That's a worldwide statement by the globalists. That's not Joe Biden. He's not smart enough to come up with a, a two-letter word like it by himself. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that because he has declined mental abilities. Joe Biden's never been smart. Think about this with the experts, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 15. Remember, they're unsaved. Anthony Fauci's not saved. Joe Biden's not saved. Kamala Harris is not saved. The leader of the CDC is not saved. And they weren't saved during the Trump administration either. Robert Redfield's not saved. Deborah Burks, under the Trump administration, the coordinator of the Coronavirus Response Task Force, under Donald Trump, not saved. All pro-abortion pro monstrosities. Heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And then you're going to follow their marching orders? Put a mask on. Social distance. No, they're desperate and they're wicked. And they're, above all things, their heart's deceitful. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not yoke yourselves together with unbelievers. Think about what Christians are doing. No Holy Spirit but tie themselves to the experts who take away your oxygen, take away your church, take away your family. That's yoking. Remember what a yoke is. That's two oxes. Most of us do not drive around in an ox cart. I never have. I'm assuming most of us in this room have never actually driven an ox cart. But when you have two ox, they're yoked together with giant pieces of wood cut with holes in them, and their heads go through, and then you close it on top of their heads. They're yoked together. If one goes the opposite direction of the other, they break the neck of the one that didn't go their direction. That's what's happening now. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers like Anthony Fauci. Joe Biden, the CDC, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, none of it. Don't be yoked together with them. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship could light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and the devil? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? So why would you wear their mask? Why would, you, why would you stipulate to their social distancing and their vaccine passports and their vaccines? And I'll, I'll tell you this again. And I know this offends some people, but you can take all their advice. 
all their vaccines, their masks, their alcohol gel, alcohol gel in big giant containers too. I mean big ones. The Sam's Club style ones, the Costco giant containers of alcohol gel. You can put them all into a giant clump the size of the bottom ball of a snowman and shove it all right up your own caboose. Ecclesiastes 8.17, then I saw all that God had done. Here's the experts. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all his efforts to search it out, man cannot discover its meaning. Even if a wise man claims he knows, he cannot really comprehend it. And that's who you listen to? They can't comprehend? And you social distance and put a mask on and close your church? See, you're like, Tom, why, why do you always have to go back to COVID? What's dominating everything? I just told, I told you at the beginning, you have five giant counties in the state of Oregon trying to leave their state. We've had two Canadian families call our church and ask for help to get the heck out of Ontario. Call our church. Never seen that before. I keep dropping them on the poor Zucchiatis. I don't know what to tell them. Oh, there they are right there. I don't know what to tell them. I have no idea. I feel horrible for them. They're scared. They're scared. At least they're spiritually alive. Unlike all the American and Canadian Christians who are like, oh, you know, it's a Zoom service Sunday. Like a bunch of seals, ah, 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 here's your little fishy. Give me a pat on the head too. Come on, Fouch. Come on, Trudeau, pat me on the head. Tell me I'm great. Oh, look at you go. Look at you go. You know, it takes a transformed mind to even know the truth. You don't even know anything until your mind's transformed. That's why young Christians should never be in leadership. They don't know anything. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You're dumb until you're transformed. I was dumb until I was transformed. But yet you listen to people who haven't even entered into Christ to even attempt to be transformed? I'll finish with this. Like some of you are like, thank goodness. <laughs> How do Christians accomplish the galactic goal of living in oblivion? How do they do it? Where they can't see that the skids are being greased for the mark of the beast? You have politicians every day coming out, every day, and, and news, mainstream news anchors saying, man, I wish there was some sort of card that everybody could have that we know whether they're vaccinated or not. It's all over the United States and nobody can see it. How do you live in that level of oblivion? Where they have no idea how to respond to a virus? Where they have no idea how to respond to a myriad of situations? How do Christians end up in that level of oblivion? They have no idea how to be healed, no idea that they're supposed to prosper, no idea they're supposed to live in victory. 
Do you know that you're called to win every single time? Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. And what's really sad is this, is that most Christians who live like this have absolutely no idea they're living in defeat. No idea. Worship team, make your way. Finish right here. Their theology tells them that there is no definitive victory. Is that what you believe? Do you, do you believe there's no definitive victory? Then let me tell you this. If you are sick, God wants you well on earth. I know a lot of people have said, well, you know what? We lost our sister, and she was 37 years old, died of cancer. She's got four kids and a husband she's left behind. But that was God's will, and she's better in heaven. That's a defeat. How could you say that, Tom? I didn't. Jesus did. Mark chapter 4, 37 through 41. Read it when you get home. Mark chapter 9, 17 through 27. Read it when you go home today. That's where we'll be launching in the second service. Mark chapter 9, 17 through 27. Brand new sermon. Watch it this week. Their their theology tells them there's no definitive victory. That victories and healings are mysteries shrouded in mist. You never know whether you're healed or not. Yeah, you do. Did you die or did you not? If you died, you lost. It's a failing. I preached from the pulpit as I was laid out in February for two and a half weeks with a stomach virus. I was defeated. The only daggum things that have ever gotten me since 2000 are two or three stomach viruses. Otherwise, I've never even been sick. I look at it as a defeat. Why can't you? Jesus does. Why couldn't we not cast out the epileptic, the demon out of the epileptic boy? Why couldn't we do it, Lord? Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, because of your unbelief. Not allowed to say that. That's not, that doesn't go with the depression Bible study and the bipolar Bible study and the enabling Bible study. That doesn't work there. Yeah, I know. It's not supposed to. And the church was never supposed to be that way. The church is supposed to be operating in power. But their theology tells them that obvious defeats are hidden victories. How? How is it a hidden victory? All of this is contradicted by a very important source. And that's the sword of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the one who was given to you. Who says this, Psalm 27, verse 13, finishing right here. I am still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He's not a God who's just good when you're dead. He's come to give you life and life to its full abundance now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.